welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we're going to be previewing the books that we are looking forward to this fall and winter. It's been a little while since we've done one of these preview episodes, Anne. I'm excited. Yeah, I, these are some of my favorite to do because I like to look forward to books. I know. As I think you do, too. Yeah, I do. And there are so many good ones. When I was pulling my list together, I kept finding more and more and more and thinking, oh, how am I going to narrow it down? So I I don't know. There are lots and lots of good books coming out. Lots by, I I didn't actually include that many by authors I've read before because there's lots of new authors I'm excited to try, but definitely lots by authors that I'm excited about because I've read other books by them. Yeah. I feel like every time we do one of these, we say we could have switched out every single book for something else, but it's still the case. I know. Sometimes I feel like there are more of one kind of book than another kind of book, though. And this time I felt like there was a pretty nice, at least for what I read, a pretty nice variety of everything that I like that I had plenty to choose from in each right. genre or category. Yeah, I, I after I've picked my books, I thought I probably should have varied this up a little bit more mm-hmm. because maybe it's just my mood right now, but they're darker books. Than, <laughs> <laughs> well, than, that's appropriate, you know, though, for fall and winter. It is. Though, it is. Think? Like, I feel yes, like summer definitely. is light and fluffy and fun often, and then right. fall and winter people like to hunker down and read something maybe a little more serious or a little darker. So that fits. Yeah. It does, but it also is very telling of, of your mental what state. I, my mental state and also just what I like generally. And so right. I, after I got everything sort of plotted out, I thought I should have maybe looked to mix this up a little bit more. Mm. And then I thought, no, mm. no, this is what I'm looking forward to. Live in people, your truth, Anne. Yeah, people know what they're getting into. <laughs> if they're listening to this, they know us, I would imagine <laughs> by now. I'm guessing yeah. nobody is stumbling on this the for, for the first episode. So all that maybe yeah. you are. And if you are, hello and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I all also right, assumed so, that we would balance each other out with the stuff that we picked. So Yes. It's it, funny, it though. I was, uh, before we started recording, I was looking over the list and I thought, I don't have any thrillers on my list. But there are definitely thrillers I'm looking forward to. So that is a hole in my list that I wish I could rectify. Um, yeah. But I have some mysteries, which is funny because usually I go more thriller than mystery, but I do right. have some mysteries. So. And I normally put in more mysteries, and I didn't put quite as many this time. So Funny. Very funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I have one question for you before we get started. Is okay. it hard? Because so our, our publishing time frame that we're looking at is basically September through February. But for the committee that you're on, you basically – through or into January, I should say, are reading only books that are published through October, which yes. is kind of a convoluted way of saying that. So, so basically, <laughs> as of October 31st, the publication dates after that, you won't be able to get to till January or after, basically, right? Right. right. So was that a frustration to you or was it, did it make you more excited to think, oh, I have all these good books to look forward to in 2023? Kind of more the latter because I I already am not someone who reads forward nearly as much as I would like to and mm-hmm. um, for the amount of books that I request for right. of advanced copies I don't read forward ever um, and so it doesn't really play out with with it being um, where I I really would like to be reading those and like I tend to be kind of in the moment of mm-hmm. what I have to be reading right then. Um, but I have been keeping a list of things that I want to request for the next 
committee year. Next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so basically I just went through that list and mm-hmm. picked stuff from that because um, there are lots of things I'm like, like that's more of the thing that I get frustrated about where I see something that I think, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for that book and it's not published right. this year right. that I, that I can right. nominate it. So, so I guess yes, but, but kind of opposite of what, yeah. what uh, you're saying. Right. Oh, no, I was just curious. I was, I didn't know if that would feel like you were being kind of hemmed in, you know, like, oh, yeah. you wanted to read these November, December, January books and you can't. So I was just yeah. I, I would say it's not so much the not getting to read it as the not having something to nominate thing, mm-hmm. which I think you understand because right. you're looking so hard for things that you think are really strong. And so if I see something that I think is really strong, then I'm, and I see that it isn't going, it isn't eligible for this period, mm-hmm. then I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got to wait. And someone else might get that. And right. that's going to be terrible. So Right, right. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm going to be talking about a romance that I, it's just getting rave, rave reviews and it comes out in November. And I thought, oh, who's going to nab this if yeah. it's as good as everybody <laughs> is saying? Anyway, all right, well, let's go ahead and just get started. These usually tend to run a little bit long with the way we, we structure them. So why don't you share your first book you are excited about? Okay. Um, let me apologize first. My voice is extra raspy today, so I can't work through it. It's just the way it is, but I will do my best. Um, so my first book is The Witch and the Tsar by Olyesa, or sorry, Olyesia Salnikova Gilmore. And that comes out on uh, September 20th. And it's basically Baba Yaga has to save Russia from Ivan the Terrible. And I think that sounds great. Um, she is a witch who lives in the forest. And her friend Anastasia is married to the Tsar, who is who turns out to be Ivan the Terrible. Anastasia becomes ill. And so Baba Yaga travels to Moscow to help. And she realizes that Ivan's erratic behavior is threatening all of Russia. But he might not actually be acting under his own volition Mm -hmm. so there is a fantasy element to besides just the witch side of it there are other nefarious i guess the witches are good they're they're bad spirits Mm -hmm. that are are causing some some havoc um so i love russian history i'm very frustrated with russia right now but Mm -hmm. i have always loved russian history and folklore so this um has has been really high on my list um since i heard about it and someone else nabbed it for the committee and I'm very upset about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It, I'm just happy it's being considered. So that is yes. The Witch and the Tsar by Olyesia. I'm not still not pronouncing that right. Salnikova Gilmore. Uh, that, that was talked about at a panel I went to at the ALA annual conference where it's presented by Library Reads and Booklist, I believe. And they do, I think it's called Read and Rave, where they talk about forthcoming books that they're excited about and they have 10 minutes to talk about oh, as, many, wow. as many books as they can each of the panelists and I think there's six of them and uh and they're very strict about the time it's hilarious like you cannot go over your 10 minutes but um one of my friends who's on library reads talked about this book and and how much he loved it so it sounds cool. very intriguing all right my first one is Hester by Lori Lico Albanese and it comes out October 4th Yes, and I'm excited this, for this one, too. I know. It sounds so good. It has a beautiful cover also. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a reimagining of about the woman who inspired the book The Scarlet Letter. So the main character is Isabel. She is a young seamstress who is married, and her husband is addicted to opium and is in a great deal of debt. And so they leave. They live in Scotland, and they leave to escape, basically, from his debtors and I'm assuming there are some bad people after him. 
and they set sail for America. And they arrive uh, in America, and then he basically dumps her off and then immediately leaves again. And so then she is in America without any money and without a husband and has to make her way on her own and meets Nathaniel Hawthorne. And they have an immediate connection, and they start growing closer. My impression from the description, I don't know this, I've not read this, but my impression is it's platonic, but people around them start speculating that it is not platonic and accusing her of being um, unfaithful to her husband. And so you, if you've read The Scarlet Letter, you know that that's um, good fodder for that story. <laughs> uh, and so this sounds like, um, I don't know, I just love anything having to do with a retelling, retelling or reimagining. And so that is Hester by Lori Lico Albanese. I'm very excited for that one, too. Um, my next book is Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson, and that comes out on September 27th. And I was surprised you didn't claim this one. Well, um, I knew you were going to be. Can we share a little behind the scenes? Sure. In that we, you, you and I were talking uh, offline separately and uh, talking about historical fiction, particularly for your committee. And I said, well, I'm really excited for the new Kate Atkinson. And you said, well, I'm going to read that next. So I thought, oh, oh. well, you might <laughs> I left it to you because I figured you were going to talk about it. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> um, we both love her books, and so yeah, so this is a, a co-signed um, is, excitement. Sure. Yes. Uh, this one is set in 1920s London, where Nellie Coker controls an empire of clubs in Soho, and she is striving to make a good life for her six children, but the kind of power that she wields over this this neighborhood can't come without enemies so um the description said they come from without and from within so i don't know what that means and i want to know um it sounds like it will have all the thrills of the of london nightlife with um the seedy underbelly of that of what comes along with that and i just know it will be amazing because her books are amazing that is shrines of gaiety by kate atkinson i'm so excited for that and it's getting good reviews oh good yeah getting great reviews. My next one is Lavender House by A.C. Lev Rosen. It comes out October 18th. And I just mentioned the ALA Annual Conference. I saw him speak at the ALA Annual Conference uh, in June. And he was so charming and funny. And I thought, oh, I need to read his books now. I I just thought, I and, and luckily, the sound of the description of his books sounds like something I'd actually like to read because if he <laughs> if he were wrote dry nonfiction I would be like oh but now I have to read it because he was charming anyway this is a historical mystery set in 1952 and it stars a police detective who has very recently been fired and is ostracized because there was a raid on a gay bar and he was there and in 1952 you cannot be gay apparently in I don't know where this is set, actually. I'm sorry. I I should know that, but I don't. And so he's at a bar two days after he's been fired, and and this has all happened. And he's contemplating suicide, and a woman sits down next to him. Her name is Pearl, and she offers him a job and says, my wife recently died, and there is some speculation that it wasn't an accident. She fell or maybe was pushed, and I would like you to investigate what really happened and if she was pushed, who did it. And takes him back to the secluded estate where they lived, and or she still lives, and there are other people that live there, a group of friends that live there. And so 
there's a bit of kind of like a locked room mystery aspect to this, I think, because it's this group that lives in this lavender house. That, that's the name of the house. And if the woman was pushed, then it was most likely one of them. And so yeah. this sounds like this fun blend of almost like a found family element, because I get the impression it's, uh, and especially from hearing him speak, I got the impression it's all people who feel a little out of step with society for whatever reason um, at the time that they weren't accepted. And so they found this place where they can be accepted of the Lavender House. And now there's been this crime. And so he has to figure it out. I don't know. It just sounds kind of fun, interesting, different. I usually like historical mysteries. I, mm-hmm. I There's something about them that that generally appeals to me. And so that's Lavender House by A.C. Lev Rosen. It's two two um, two tropes that are, are super popular right now. Right, like, yeah. Locked room mysteries and found family. Yeah, and yeah. so that, that sounds really intriguing. Yeah. And the manor house part of it, too. Yeah, the nice, totally. Fancy, yeah, so. Yee. <laughs> um, so I have a mystery, too, and it's called Jackal by Aaron E. Adams, and it comes out on October 4th. And it's about a woman named Liz who returns to her Pennsylvania hometown for her best friend's wedding. And she's reluctant to go back because it's a predominantly white town. And she was one of the only two black girls in in the high school. And she had a a really difficult experience growing up there. So while she's at the wedding, it it sort of is held in this forest um, outdoors. And the bride's daughter goes missing. And they only can find a piece of white fabric covered in blood. And Liz realizes that this is essentially what happened um, to the other black girl in school that she was a, a young woman who went into the woods with a man and was found murdered in a really horrific way and it was also on a summer night in uh, amidst a party so um, Liz starts to sort of poke around and she realizes that black girls have been going missing throughout the, the town's history and so she needs to find out what's going on and it just sounds creepy and really good and that is uh, Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. Yeah, I have an arc of this a physical copy that they sent me that I need to, I set aside and add it to my list. Looks very good. Yeah, it has a good cover too. It does have a good cover. Lots of good covers this year. Yeah. My next one is The Rewind by Allison Wynn Scotch. It comes out November 1st, and it is about Frankie and Ezra, who were college sweethearts and who broke up uh, either right before or right after graduation. Basically, once college ended, they broke up. And 10 years later, they have reunited at the wedding of some mutual friends of theirs, and it's on New Year's Eve. And my impression is that they have not spoken since they broke up. And so this is a big deal that they're going to be seeing each other at this wedding. But they've both moved on with their lives. Uh, Frankie has a really good career as the manager of lots of up and I think manager agent, something like that, of lots of up-and-coming bands, and Ezra is about to propose to his girlfriend, so they feel like they're in a good place to see each other. And then they wake up the next morning, and they're in bed together, and they have no memory of how they got there. And then, and uh, Frankie has an engagement ring on her finger. Oh. Or a wedding band, one of the two, a ring on her finger. (laughs) And so then they have to piece together what happened the night before, and as they're trying to figure out what happened the night before and how they ended up there, they're also reflecting on their relationship back in college and what happened and what caused them to break up and reckon with those past hurts and the secrets that they kept with, kept from each other that um, affected them then. And then, you know, to see how they got to where they are now. So that just sounds really interesting to me. I don't, I don't, that sounds 
intriguing. And that's <laughs> The Rewind by Allison Winscotch. Um, okay, next is Marmy by Sarah Miller, and that uh, comes out October 4th. And this is a retelling of Little Women from the mother's point of view, but with the added information that she is the one who is responsible for um, the family's lost money and that her her decisions have forced her daughters into the genteel poverty that we know from the original book. Um, Sarah Miller wrote a book a few years ago called Caroline, which mm-hmm. is the little house books from the mother's point of view. Um, so two books that start with little that she is is uh working from um and i really enjoyed that one i thought it was it had a lot of insights that um i hadn't thought of with with the original books and so i'm hoping that this one is um as good and lives up to those expectations that is marmy by sarah miller yes i want to read that one i was trying to sit here and think of another book that started with little that she could do next and i thought little dora was the only one that came <laughs> little prince oh the little prince i don't know there's no mother in that is there? yeah that i don't know fun. I don't think I've ever read The Little Prince, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. We read it in French when I was in high school. Ooh la la. Yeah. Well, it's like a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most difficult prose, I don't think. I think, I think high school students can handle it. Uh, my next one is Gilded Mountain by Kate Manning. It comes out November 1st. This is historical fiction. And I recently read, if you follow me on Instagram, you know this already, but I recently read... <laughs> Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. Oh, yes. And absolutely adored it. And it is historical fiction. And so now I'm on a quest to find another book about particularly a female character that I was as invested in as the female character in Great Circle, uh, but that just sucks me in the way Great Circle did. I just loved it. And there's something about historical fiction that it's funny to me because I don't always automatically gravitate towards it but then I often really love it when I read it so I'm not sure what that says about me that I'm not as likely to pick it up anyway that's a very long introduction to say that I was extra on the lookout for for good historical fiction for this fall and winter because I want to recapture this feeling that I had after Great Circle so Gilded Mountain takes place in the early 1900s in Colorado and the main character is Sylvie who takes a job at the house of a very wealthy family who owns the mining company in town. And Sylvie's father works for the mining company. And when she first starts her job, she's a bit awed and fascinated by the family, uh, and particularly their wealth. The longer she works there, though, she starts questioning the differences that she's seeing between the way this mining owner's family lives versus the actual people working in the mines and the discrepancies that exist between the wealth and privilege of this family and then the people who are are doing the work. And the descriptions that I read, one of the descriptions mentioned her having to make a choice between silence and revenge. And I thought, ooh, Ooh. that sounds intriguing. So that's Gilded Mountain by Kate Manning. I want to choose between silence and revenge. I know, don't you? I thought, ooh. Yes. That makes me think she learned some secrets about the family. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm here for that. I hope she picks revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, next is The Cloisters by Katie Hayes, and it comes out on November 1st. This is maybe my peak book that I thought I wish this were coming out before the cutoff for my committee because 
it sounds so good. Um, it's being described as the secret history meets Ninth House. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's right up your alley. Yeah. And the main character is named Anne too, and it's spelled like me. So, oh my gosh, I want to read this. So Anne is working for the summer at the Cloisters, and that is the medieval art collection and garden that's that's sort of this gothic um setup that's that is a part of the Met in New York City and the researchers that she works with are studying the history of divination and they're kind of eccentric and she goes along with their behavior and until she finds a 15th century tarot deck that may be able to predict the future and then everything goes off the rails in mysterious and arcane ways and I just wrote yes (laughs) (laughs) this has your name written all oh my gosh I'm so excited for this book Um, yeah so november 1st the cloisters by katie hayes i don't need to check or i need to add that to my to read list yeah all right my next one is better than fiction by alexa martin it comes out november 8th and this is a romance and the main character is drew young and she is not a reader she does not like books she always thinks that the movie is better than the books (laughs) and then she inherits a bookstore from her grandmother and so she sort of begrudgingly decides to take you know to run the bookstore because it was this inheritance from somebody she loved but she's not super excited about it and she knows right off the bat that she is in over her head that she doesn't know what she's doing and then she meets a best-selling author named Jasper Williams who is a hopeless romantic and he is determined to show her the beauty of books and reading and then She is just starting to sort of find her footing, and she has this man in her life that's showing her the beauty of books, and some messy family stuff jeopardizes the future of the bookstore. So I love books about books. I do. I just will read all of them, basically. And a romance that's about books, that sounds especially delightful to me. So that is Better Than Fiction by Alexa Martin. And I have read one or actually a couple books, I think, by Alexa Martin, uh, she wrote a series about professional football players, girlfriends mm-hmm. and wives that was pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to this. And she's married to a professional football player. By the oh, way. yeah. Yeah. So. I read a, a um, relationship. Yes. Mom, she jeans and other mistakes, right? Yes. 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 Was, and yeah. I liked that one very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next book is my peak example of not um, mixing things up at all because it's essentially the same as the last book that I described. It's Hellbent by Lee Bardugo and it comes out on January 10th and you know a book about that's that's like Ninth House and then this is the sequel to Ninth House shows my range. (laughs) Um, And this is the the book I'm the most excited about on this list because I've been waiting for four years for um, the the first book. Has it been four years? It was well three years at this point but it'll be four years right. oh, it, wow. was, right. it was 2019 um wow which is way too long yeah. um and i can't really give any info about this book without spoiling what happens at the end of the last one but basically alex stern the the main character is still at yale still studying um secret societies that mm-hmm. that perform magic and professors are starting to die off so that sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Ninth House. It was one of my favorite books of 2019, and I still think about it all the time. And I'm always like, I would love to do a Ninth House reread right about now, and I don't have time for it. But um, maybe, maybe you could listen, right? Maybe. Maybe, yeah, that's true. Oh, I love that book so much. So this it is was so this good. one. I'm so excited. It for, was so, so good. I yeah. love the Ninth House too. So that is Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. 
My next one is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. It comes out November 15th. This is the one that I referred to earlier in the episode about it getting rave reviews. And so I have an arc of it, but I'm actually holding on to it until I can just sit and read it and dedicate some time to it because I want to appreciate it. Sometimes, I don't know, I'm so weird sometimes, but like I, sometimes <laughs> if there's a book I'm really excited about, I hold on to it and don't read it right away. So that's the case with this one. This I definitely a, understand that. I feel you, like I do that a lot too. Okay, good. All right. That makes me feel better. This is a contemporary romance. Now, this is not a rom-com. This is a romance. And it is about a couple who was married and they had a child together, but their marriage fell apart. And now they are, my impression is pretty contentedly co-parenting their child. Uh, They own a business together, I think, and and they're dealing with that. And then they find themselves continuously drawn back together. And so even though it didn't work out, even though their marriage ended, they still keep kind of sneaking away and, and having little trysts. And it feels a little bit illicit and forbidden, but also comfortable because they they were married. They know each other. And so the book follows as they have to figure out, should they take the second chance and revisit their relationship? Or should they really put their relationship to rest for good and move on uh, to potentially finding other people. So it sounds kind of angsty and emotional, uh, which isn't always my romance, but or my romance, like catnip. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the people who are reading this are really, really loving it. And when I read the description, it reminded me a little bit of Seven Days in June, which... That's sure. what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Do you read that? Did you read that? For the... Um, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, it was what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. So it's a, a, that wasn't that they were married, but it was that they'd had a relationship and then gone right. their separate ways and as adults came back together. Uh, and so, and I really liked that. And it felt um, like a mature romance, like in, in the best way, like a people who knew who they were yeah. and, and, and coming real, together. The way I always think of it is, is like real problems. Instead right, of, right. Instead of manufacture. Yeah. Right. So that is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. I really wish that one were. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking about was that who's going to nab that first. Yeah. Um, okay, next is episode 13 by Craig DeLouis, and that comes out on January 24th, and it's about a ghost hunting show called Fade to Black that was, um, when it started, I guess it, it, it promises a spectacular 13th episode, and they go to a place called the Paranormal Research Foundation, which is housed in an old mansion, and it's famous for doing um, bizarre experiments in the 1970s about the paranormal. And so the show is hosted by a couple named Matt and Claire, and Matt has always dreamed of going to this location. This is this is like his, his peak um, dream location. But when he gets there, he finds that it isn't exciting in the ways that he hoped it would be. And the book is presented through documents to show how everything goes wrong that night that they are investigating, um, which we both love an epistolary novel. So mm-hmm. I and I especially this type where it's like an after the fact um, recapping of something where, you know, you know how it ends up is mm-hmm. is very intriguing to me. So, um, yeah, and has a creepy cover, too. So that is episode 13 by Craig DeLouis. That sounds interesting. I like, and I also like books that are about reality TV shows or TV. Yes, shows. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It sounds like lots of lots of pieces that I yes, like. Yes, yes. 
My next one, and I'm going to, I fear mispronounce this title. I think it's something like Mame by Jessica George. It's spelled M-A-A-M-E. It comes out February 7th. And I don't know why, but when I read the description, I thought, I'm getting sorrow and bliss vibes from this book, which was one of my favorite books last year, as well as it was yours. And Mm so I thought, ooh, this sounds pretty interesting. It's about Mm -hmm. a young woman named Maddie. She's living in London. She's not super happy with her job. Her mom spends most of her time out of the country in Ghana, where she's from. And Maddie is, by default, the primary caretaker for her father, who is dealing with advanced stages of Parkinson's disease. And she feels like she doesn't have much of a social life. Like, she just doesn't have a whole lot that feels good in her life. And when her mom returns from one of her trips to Ghana, Maddie uses it as an opportunity to say, I'm moving out, I'm going to do a flat share somewhere, I'm going to say yes to coworkers when they invite me out for drinks after work, and I'm going to dip a toe into internet dating. (laughs) Um, But as she's venturing out into establishing herself, there's a tragedy that forces her to decide between putting her family first or putting herself first. the part to me that, because the, the plots are not the same as Sorrow and Bliss, but the part to me that felt kind of similar was there's this almost like a coming of age in adulthood story that I really like. So not coming of age stories usually refer to younger, like kids, teenager time frame. Right. Um, and Sorrow and Bliss and then this one are with an adult, but still figuring out their lives and so um, I really I really tend to like those books um, so that is Mame by Jessica George this would have been on my list too because I, I oh think really sounds yeah. really good and, yeah. and um, I have it flagged to remember for next year and the cover is awesome oh my gosh it is it's so bright and yeah. beautiful yeah um, okay, my last book. We've zipped right through this. I know. That was so kind quick. Of surprising. <laughs> um, my last book is Black Candle Women by Diane Marie Brown, and it comes out on, I wrote down January 19th. I think it's you actually February, February 28th. In the, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Hopefully I haven't done that with other other things, too. I don't know. Um, that could just be a typo because it's like one number off of Maybe. Or I've used my, I might have used my, um outline from the last time we did this and didn't change that one so I'm pretty sure it's February 28th um it's about a family of uh, that I think it's all of women um it's the Montrose family and they live together in an old bungalow in California and they've been there for years and they make spells together and um they don't really have contact with people outside of the family but then um I don't I'm assuming it's the youngest um uh, a daughter named Nikki is 17 and she brings home a boy and dis- this completely disrupts their lives and the other women in the family have to finally tell Nikki about the curse that exists that anyone that these women fall in love with will die and this this curse goes back to a New Orleans voodoo shop that the women are involved with and they each have mistakes and regrets that they've they have to sort of come to terms with that have been that the, the curse has impacted their lives in certain ways and they're they're trying to sort of reconcile the choices that they've made with the um the way that the curse has impacted their lives so i like that this is a fantasy novel that sounds both plot-based and character-based mm-hmm. and um it kind of sounds like practical magic which mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. like quite a bit so um 
yeah, the cover is also really great. So <laughs> I think it sounds fun. It's Black Candle Women by Diane Marie Brown. That's the theme of our episode is these beautiful covers that they're making. There really are great covers right now. Yeah, I know. My last one is I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. It comes out February 21st. And The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay, I read a few years ago, and I feel like possibly it was during the time that we were not recording the podcast. I so I probably so. have not been able to gush about it adequately, but it, I love, love, love The Great Believers. And um, this is her follow-up. So it's been a few years sh- since she's written that, anything um, new, and this is the newest one. But it's very different. I, my impression is very different uh, from The Great Believers. This is about... Bodie Kane, who is a successful film professor and professional podcaster. And it sounds like she had a pretty bad adolescence. There was a family tragedy that their family had to endure. And then she spent four years at a boarding school that she hated. Um, And while she was at this boarding school in 1995, a classmate was killed and the murderer was put in jail. It was somebody associated with the school. And now, um, nearly 30 years later, Bodhi has been asked to come back and teach a course for two weeks at the school, I assume on film or something. And once she is there, she starts questioning what they thought they knew at the time, if they captured the correct killer, and if perhaps that she, she felt like kind of an outcast at school and like she was on the outskirts. But she starts questioning if maybe she knew more than she thought at the time or was more involved than she thought at the time. Uh, And so it sounds like a little bit of a mystery, almost like the It Girl by Ruth Ware, Mm -hmm. a tiny bit. Um, And so that is I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Yeah, that one sounds so good. And I love when someone does a different, a totally different book than the previous book. It's really exciting. Well, and I really liked The Borrower, right? Was Rebecca Mackay as well? I think think so. so. I really liked that. That was her first book I believe and that's totally different also as a librarian in it uh but anyway so I'm excited I'm excited about all these books Mm. all right well that's our that's our list we could have doubled it I'm sure or tripled it maybe um but those are the ones we're most excited about for fall and winter and we will be right back with what we are reading this week Okay, Anne, what are you reading this week? I am listening to This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. Oh, I read that. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Okay. I'll, I'll ask later. Okay. Um, so this is sort of a relationship fiction take on time travel, which I don't know that I've seen a lot of that. Probably? I don't know. I don't Have read you read it. Una Out of Order? No, I haven't. That's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys really like that one. Yeah. That one for, for relationship, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so this is this is doing the same thing. Um, it's about a woman named Alice who is about to turn 40. It's it's the day before her 40th birthday, and her life is just fine. She lives in New York where she grew up, and she works in the admissions office at the private school that she attended, and she has a boyfriend who's nice enough. Um, it's fine, but <laughs> she also has uh, the real issue of her life is that her father is dying, and she realizes on her 40th birthday how many re- regrets she has both in the fact that she never really took any risks throughout her life and also that her father made really bad health decisions that led to his current state. So after getting dinner with her best friend that night, she um, 
goes to get a drink at this underground bar that they used to go to as teenagers and she ends up getting really drunk there and she decides to walk to her father's empty house which this is maybe my favorite part of it i looked it up it's a real location called called um palmander walk and it looks like this little fairy tale street that's right in the middle of the city and i thought it was being made up like i thought it was just right. an invention for the book but i looked it up and it's bonkers it's just this little like like fairy tale that's oh, in the neat. middle of new york it's so cool looking so um be sure to look that up she walks there and she can't get in because he's not there and so she ends up falling asleep outside and then in the morning she wakes up and she's in her childhood bed and she assumes that she must have found a way in eventually and just doesn't remember but then her dad calls to her from downstairs and when she sees him he's healthy and a younger version of himself and so she's realized that she's turned into herself in 1996 and it's her 16th birthday and as an adult, she has very vivid memories of that night and the, the party that she threw. And she regrets a lot of the choices that she made that night specifically, um, which includes telling or not telling the guy that she um, is into, who's one of her, her best guy friends, that she is in love with him. So she's a 40-year-old in a 16-year-old's body. This isn't a time travel thing where mm -hmm, she's like mm -hmm. observing herself as a 16 year old she's 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 aware that she's a 40 year old and so she's frantic to get back to her real life because that's just kind of weird to be to have the mind of a 40 year old and a 16 year old so um so she wants to go back and she doesn't want to relive her life but she's also really relishing this time that she has with her dad with the um the knowledge that she has now and mm -hmm. she's um able to rethink a lot of the decisions that she had made at that time and how much they set the course for her life and what she can do if she's able to get back to end up in a different place so um that's about where i am now and i confess that i was attracted to this book because alice and i are exactly the same age uh -huh. and that that very specifically dates me but um i turned 16 in, in 1996 as well mm -hmm. and so i don't have any wishes to go back to high school at all mm -hmm. but i still it's fun to revisit the time period through right. books like this right. and so it's like sort of light nostalgia for me where it's not um there's things that she mentions with the styles and the mm -hmm. way people style themselves and the fashions and things that that make me remember little pieces of mm -hmm. of my teenage years that i um had sort of forgotten so mm -hmm. what did you think about this if you you i liked it, it so. a lot yes i liked it a lot i read it i don't know in the spring probably and i enjoyed it a lot what i liked especially was the focus on the relationship with she and her dad and right. and where the book goes with that i thought was very touching and sweet and i really really liked that i love these kinds of books i am a, like i just do i like every single book that i read where people either have a chance to do like alternate versions of their life or go back and figure, I don't know they're just these kinds of books are just right up my alley and I really liked this one I thought it was an interesting take on it because mm -hmm. she only can go back to that one day uh, mm -hmm. always and and there's a little a little twist which I don't want to give away because it's pretty I think it's pretty far into the book but um, there's a twist that I thought made it a little bit more interesting than your run-of-the-mill kind of time travel book so i enjoyed it a lot yeah yeah there's yeah i i think i know what you're talking about there are because i'm probably like two-thirds of the way mm -hmm. through i would say um and there are some things that are revealed where i am now that mm -hmm. that made it a little right. bit different than yeah. just this is right 
this is her just going back yeah like, there's there's more to it so yeah um so yeah i'm very much enjoying it and that is this time tomorrow by emma Strop. all right well i'm gonna bring things down a bit because my oh. book is the nickel boys by colson white oh have you read this no but his books are are heavy. Um, this is heavy. This is a very heavy book. In fact, at one point I was like, I didn't know if I'd be able to continue reading it because it was so upsetting. So I will, oh, gosh. I will put that out into the world that it is an excellent book. I rated it five stars when I finished it because I think it's such a good book, but it's not a book I enjoyed reading, which I sometimes struggle with that with the rating on Goodreads right. or on Instagram when I post about books. I think uh, is it the quality of the book that I'm reading? Is it how much I enjoyed it? It's very hard uh, yeah, agree. to me. I don't know if other people are, are as weird about it as I am, but I just, I don't know. But so this one I would recommend, but I think you definitely need to be in the right headspace for it. And you definitely need to know what you are getting into because it is horrifying. It is uh, disturbing. It's harrowing. Um, but it's excellent. It's really excellent. So it is, it, I'm guessing a lot of people have heard about this book. It, it gained a lot of praise when it was published a few years ago and I think won awards. And um, so I, I, you may have heard. But it is based on a real school that existed in Florida. And it was a juvenile reform school for boys where they split up the white boys from the black boys and they were treated very differently and this was all uncovered in i want to say like not that long ago this is this the book takes place in the 60s and i think it was the 90s or 2000s that it was revealed what was actually going on at the school anyway the main character is elwood curtis he is kind of a quirky dude, but he, he's very conscientious and sweet. He's being raised by his grandmother, who is very strict, and his, his mom and um, dad just kind of took off, and so she is raising him. To, you know, he can't listen to music or anything, but she does allow him to listen to records of Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches, and he loves Martin Luther King Jr. and is very inspired by him, and he does very well in school. He has a, a thirst for knowledge for sure and the, he is offered the opportunity to take college classes as a high school student and jumps at the chance to do that on his way to his first day of classes through literally no fault of his own ends up in trouble and being sent to this reform school oh gosh he gets there and thinks to himself that he is going to live what Martin Luther King Jr. preaches, which is peace and forgiveness. Uh, and that's going to be his method of getting through this time that he is at this reform school. Uh, but unfortunately, very, very quickly, he realizes that the, the school is a very unfair place. And there's a lot of cruelty that happens both among the boys that are there and then particularly for the people in charge of the school, like the guards, I guess you would say, or you know, the people who are in charge. It's graphic, like what you maybe are imagining is happening when I refer to that, like that's what lots of um, physical abuse and there's some sexual abuse and it's, um, it's really horrible. Anyway, he befriends another man, another young boy who is sort of the opposite of him. Like he's more world weary and kind of streetwise and he's more cynical and he's looking at this like, how can I 
get through this time while knowing that basically everybody is going to do everything they can to make my life hell. Um, and so the two of them form a friendship and kind of get try to get through it together. That's all I'm going to say. It is a heartbreaking book, but even more so because this is based on a real place. Um, and, and you know that there are kids that went through this experience. Um, it's intense, but it's, it's an incredibly worthwhile read, I would say. And so just with the caveat that you kind of have to know what you're getting into yeah. when you get into it. And it's not very long either. So that's sort of how I decided to stick with it because I think I was about 100 pages in when I thought I might need to set this aside. I don't know if I can continue reading this. I found it very disturbing. Um, and then I thought, well, I'll just read a little bit more. And then at that point, I was far enough into the book that I thought, well, now I want to see this through. I want to see how this yeah. ends. I want to see what happens. Um, but yeah, so I don't think I sold that very well, but I just want, it, it's just, it, it's, it's an excellent book. Like it's very well written. It's, it's just hard. It's just a hard read. And as somebody in my book club years and years ago, when I was running a book club at the library, uh, reread something and maybe unbroken. And, um, there was somebody in my book club who said, oh, I don't like reading about these bad things that happen to people. And somebody in my book club said, if they could live through it, we can read about it. And that's sort mm -hmm. of how I feel about something like this. I mean, yes, it is fiction, but it is based on a real place. And it's like, I, you know, I live a very comfortable, privileged life. Like I can learn about the world through things like this. So great. Yeah. So that is Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. That's one I, I have that book and I, I very much want to read it because his writing is so good. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it will, yeah. Yeah. You have to be in a certain mindset yeah. to to do yeah. that. Yeah, and I would say don't read it before bed. I did, and that was when I thought I was going to need to set it aside. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just read it like on a sunny day outside <laughs> or something where uh, you can feel like the I don't know. I don't know. That's just Well, I listened I I listened to The Underground Railroad and um, so I had thought, oh, I'll listen to this one too. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes when books are really difficult, yeah. I have to read it because mm -hmm. then I can, yeah, yeah, I can see what's coming. Like yeah. I'm better at. I've read, I've listened to some books that really, really, really disturbed me, mm -hmm. and part of that was that I, I didn't can't skip. see it yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah, like, like I don't necessarily want to skip, but I just I need to. It. it I don't know. Well, I, can, the, I can just anticipate a little bit better. In the other the, thing in I would say, and I don't know, maybe this isn't true for you, but when I'm listening to an audiobook, sometimes I'm driving and right. it's much more difficult to, I mean, I, I guess I could pause. I don't know. Sometimes with an audiobook, I feel like I'm listening and taking it all in almost before I realize that it's not something I want to be listening to in the moment. Right, uh, right. Whereas reading, it just feels easier. Reading a print version feels easier to set it aside. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense because you can just press pause. But for some reason, it's different. It's yeah. different. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's very good. It's very, very good. It is completely deserving of all the accolades it received. It's just a hard book to read. Yeah, it just is. All right. Well, on that with that, note, let's go back <laughs> and list off all of the books that we talked about today. Okay, I talked about *The Witch and the Czar* by Ol. Oh, yes, oh, I still will never be able to pronounce it right. 
<laughs> I get so nervous if it's if it's something where I have to think just the tiniest bit. I get nervous and then I get tongue tied. Oh, social anxiety is really fun. It is Olesya Selnikova Gilmore. Look at Good that. Good job. Thank Good you. Job. Um, Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson. Jackal by Erin E. Adams. Marmy by Sarah Miller. The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. Episode 13 by Craig DeLouis. Black Candle Women by Diane Marie Brown. And what I'm uh, reading this week is This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. All right. And I talked about Hester by Lori Lico Albanese. Lavender House by A.C. Lev Rosen. The Rewind by Allison Wynne Scotch. Gilded Mountain by Kate Manning. Better Than Fiction by Alexa Martin. Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Mame by Jessica George. I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. And what I was reading this week was The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. If you'd like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. I just want to make a note, we do have a couple of people that have suggested episode ideas. We are we know that. We are holding on to them. Don't think we've forgotten. Uh, thank you uh, for anyone who has submitted a suggestion. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast provider of choice. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this and every episode. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.